Hello, everyone. This is Alex Wilhelm, and you are listening to Equity Monday, the Equity Cruise Weekly Kickoff. We want to talk about the biggest news from the weekend, take a look at the funding rounds that really stood out, chat about the coming week, and finally riff on something from the startup and venture capital worlds that has been stuck in our heads. As a programming note, don't forget to follow Equity on Twitter at, at @equitypod. And if you haven't had a chance yet over that long and lovely holiday weekend, check out Friday's app. All right, today is July 6th, 2020. Let's go. Hello, everyone. This is Alex Wilhelm, and you are listening to Equity Monday, the Equity Cruise Weekly Kickoff. This morning, we want to talk about the biggest news from the weekend, take a look at the funding rounds that really stood out, chat about the coming week, and finally riff on something from the startup and venture capital worlds that has been stuck in our heads. Now, as a programming note, don't forget that Equity is now on Twitter at, at @equitypod, and check out Friday's app if you haven't had a chance yet over that long and lovely holiday weekend. All right, today is July 6th, 2020. Let's go. Speaking of the weekend, this one had some really big news coming out of it. When I started writing this morning's episode, the Uber Postmates deal was merely reported by Bloomberg and the New York Times, with each publication saying that, yes, it was going to be a $2.65 billion all-stock transaction. Well, as you now know, they were right. Right before recording this, Uber and Postmates confirmed the news in a release, and yes, Uber will buy Postmates for, as expected, a $2.65 billion price tag that is all stock. According to the release, quote, following the re- according to the release, quote, following the closing of the transaction, Uber intends to keep the consumer-facing Postmates app running separately, supported by a more efficient combined merchant and delivery network. Now, how long that setup lasts will be interesting, because surely Uber has deep integration plans for Postmates, but does it really have a long-term goal of keeping the brand alive? I don't know. Please tell me if you do. Uber will issue 84 million shares of common stock for Postmates, the company said this morning. Anyways, after an effort to buy Grubhub and losing out on that deal after the American firm was bought by a European company for $7.3 billion, Uber appears to have found itself a smaller, cheaper consolation prize. But people seem to be pretty hype about this. Uber shares were up 6-7% this morning ahead of the deal's confirmation and are now up 9%, again, give or take, implying that the street is excited about the deal and is willing to pay more for an Uber Postmates joint entity than they were for the ride-hailing giant by itself. Now, why that's the case isn't entirely clear yet, but I think we're going to get about 65 billion, quadrillion, quadrillion people weighing in, so we should be able to kind of figure out what people are thinking pretty soon. So what's coming up this week? Well, surreal as it sounds, American COVID-19 cases are still setting records, and naturally, the stock market is set to rally by a point or so this morning. Now, precisely what the mechanism is between fresh market highs and worse short-term economic news isn't clear, but it is becoming less of a joke and more of a reality as time goes along. Still, for startups, especially later stage startups, the continued rise in public market valuations is great news. Strong markets mean angel investors are flush with cash and are more willing to invest. It means that LPs are more willing to put money into VC because their current portfolio allocation has gone down as public equities rise. And it means that M&A prices can go up and the chances of IPOs themselves rises. It's hard to find bad in all that, we reckon, if you care about startups and their success. Now, it is July 6th, meaning that we're about a week into this new quarter. So normally at this point, I start talking about earnings and, you know, who's coming up and what the big first deal is. But honestly, no one's really reporting this week. That starts in seven to 10 days. So please sit tight if you want to know what impact COVID has had on public companies, the larger firms, if you will. Now, startups, we all know you're prepping for some board meetings and we would love to know how you did. 
So if you want to tell us how close you got to planning Q2, and we'll probably shout you out if you want to tell us a real number or two, alex.wilhelm at techcrunch.com or equitypod at techcrunch.com. Do drop us a line. We love data. Anyways, this week, uh, what am I looking at? Well, uh, U.S. jobs data, probably out on Thursday, looking for any and all economic data out of China and the EU. Very curious about news from Hong Kong. Things there are changing rapidly is the polite way of saying that. Uh, keeping my eye on uh, any news about India and China and their shared border. And I'm also hunting for Q2 VC data. All that stuff deals with business and uh, economic growth, you could say. So it's really, really stuff to keep an eye out on. Um, it's a changing world that we live in. And that means we need to pay extra attention and be extra informed. A few funding rounds caught our eye this morning, but instead of going abroad today, we are going to stick with the U.S. for three. Now, don't worry. Come next week, we will be back out and we'll go everywhere around the globe. But this morning, three from the home team. This weekend, pet telemedicine company AirVet announced a $14 million Series A that, according to TechCrunch.com, was led by Canvas Ventures and was participated in by, it's quite a list, eVentures, Burst Capital, Starting Line, TrueSight Ventures, Hawk Ventures, and Bracket Capital. So quite the group that came together for this. Now, according to TechCrunch reporting, uh, Rebecca Lynn from Canvas said her decision to put money into the firm was actually made after she used it. And she added that, quote, COVID has been a massive accelerant to adoption. So we all know that human telemedicine is doing quite well. Well, why wouldn't pet telemedicine? Moving on, according to GeekWire, quote, Dignify, the Kirkland, Washington-based tech platform that helps drivers finance auto repairs and services, has raised $14 million. Now, when I was researching this morning, I thought that Dignify was going to be a blockchain company, um, just given its name, but it's not. It's kind of like, I think, a firm for auto repairs. Here's the thing. It turns out that many Americans are are broke. And so if you get an auto repair bill for $300, $500, $800, they don't have the cash. So they throw it on a credit card, which is a very, very high interest way of financing anything. I think Dignify is going to try to find a way to make those payments a little bit cheaper and make borrowing a little bit less expensive for people who have to go out there and fix their car and just don't have the cash. Okay, how much cheaper can they go? The cheaper they can go, the better it is for consumers, the more I like it. And finally this morning, according to Crunchbase News, my old home, quote, digital commerce solutions Scalefast announced that it raised a $22 million Series B round of funding Tuesday to help brands launch an e-store in as little as 15 days. Now, this is kind of cool, but it feels a little bit weird. Like if you're going to put together like a D2C company, a D2C brand, um, it's not easy to stand out in the modern market. There are so many companies doing so many things. And so you're going to spend a lot of time on branding, a lot of time on, you know, product, product research, market research. I don't know, everything. It's a lot of work. Why then would you be in a rush to launch a store in 15 days? Wouldn't you want to put more time in it so it was better? Um, we all know the D2C boom is behind us and the economics are a little bit dicey and Casper's IP was a bit of a mess and all that. So this, this is probably cooler than I'm getting it, but this morning it felt a little bit, off tone with the times, but still it raised $22 million uh, during a pretty rough economic time. So there must be something that's really cool here that I can't quite see. So hopefully they'll tell us some growth numbers the next time we talk. Wrap things up a couple of words on Postmates and Uber and my own personal pet theory. Now we're running a little bit long, so I'm going to be as brief as I can, but bear with me here. Postmates is not rumored to be profitable. No one has really accused it of such a thing. So its revenue gains will come at the cost of gap losses and cash burn to its new parent company, Uber. But as investors are betting that Uber Eats, the food delivery subsidiary of Uber itself, can grow like hell and build a long-term business in the global food delivery market, perhaps the losses are just okay in the short term. 
in Uber's Q2 data, we will only see Uber results. And really, depending on when this deal actually closes, the same might be true in Q3. But a bajillion percent sure what Uber reports in the next few weeks will be COVID-19 impacted Q2 numbers that are worse than its aggregate year ago results, unaided by the Postmates deal. So maybe that's why this Uber Postmates thing is smart. You know, sure, Uber is going to have to go to investors and say, you look, bad ride-hailing numbers, and you know, we presume year-over-year revenue declines. But the company will be able to talk up its new buy and how hype it is for future growth. Modern-day investors absolutely love that shit. And as Postmates really only cost stock, indication you might think of who had the real power at the negotiating table, Uber bought itself a growth tailwind that won't diminish its cash flow much, and it may be helping it air gap over the worst in the American ride-hailing market's downturn. It can say, look, yes, Q2 was bad, but Postmates, that might help. And that is Equity Monday. It's July 6th, 2020. This is Alex Wilhelm. You can follow the show at, at @equitypod on Twitter or myself on Twitter where I go by at Alex. We are back Friday morning. We think that you are tremendous and we'll talk to you soon.